Welcome to the Christian Life Austin Sunday Morning Podcast. Today, we begin a new series entitled The Fresh Start Initiative. In this sermon series, we will learn that we all can have a fresh start in Jesus Christ. With today's sermon entitled 366 Days of Possibility, here is Lead Pastor Rex Johnson. I want to talk to you today about Fresh Start Initiative. Fresh Start Initiative. And it's going to kind of be a, a concept that we're going to deal with. I want to talk to you about 366 days of possibility. 366 days of possibility. Because we've got a leap year this year and we've got an extra day. So God's given us an extra day to make some extra possibilities in our life. And I want to talk about that. While you're standing, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 4 through 10 says it like this. Anyone who is among the living has hope. Say, living people have hope. <laughs> Said, even a live dog is better off than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. They have no further reward, and even the memory of them is forgotten. Their love, their hate, their jealousy have long since vanished. Never again will they have a part in anything that happens under the sun. Next verse, go eat your food with gladness and drink your wine with a joyful heart for it is now that God favors what you do. Always be clothed in white, stay pure and always anoint your head with oil, be anointed with the Lord. Enjoy life with your wife whom you love all the days, watch this, Solomon, he's a pretty negative old boy, all the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under the sun and all the meaningless days. For this is your lot in life and in your toilsome labor under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For in the grave where you are going, there neither will be working, nor planning, nor knowledge, nor wisdom. Everybody say, I'm alive. I'm alive. So, I have hope so I have hope of better things. You may be seated. You're a, you're a wonderful audience and I love you very much. You remember the old Dunkin' Donut commercial? It's 4 a.m., time to make the donuts. That's how some of us feel when we get up in the morning. Some mornings, honestly, I have felt like that, not many. But you get up every day, so many people, and you just muddle through the day. It's the same old thing, day after day, day in, day out. Over and over till you become numb from the routine. I have worked with people, I promise, in my life that I felt like taking their pulse to see if they were alive, really. Because they just went around just barely making it, putting one foot in front of the other. If you have the ability, folks, to suck in air today, then you have hope. Everybody say, I have hope. Solomon is saying that if we are alive, we have this chance to do something special with our life. Because after you're dead, your chances are over. Now, I, didn't, I told you I didn't like that meaningless life and meaningless days. But then the Lord nudged me the other day and said, here's the difference. The reason I want you to preach this message today is simply because days are meaningless and life is meaningless unless you live life with purpose. You put meaning into life. The sun comes up every day. It goes down the same time. It gets dull. It gets boring. It gets drab. But we put the meaning in life. We have this blank canvas and whatever we decide to color it, we can color it what we want to. I choose to color it with joy unspeakable. I, use a, I, use, I, I choose to color it with things that make life have meaning in my life. Because I want to finish this thing saying I lived a full 
and beautiful life in this world. Amen? So if if you're going to make a difference before they pat your face with a shovel, then you better make it happen while you can. The Bible says, and I read it, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. You can make a fresh start today. You really can. Many people look to the future because the future doesn't threaten them. They can look to their past because that's already lived. But the problem is it's hard to grasp right now. It's hard to get a hold of present day. And what I want to do today is to get you a hold of present day and let you say, I want a fresh start today in my life. Jonathan turned to his armor bearer in 1 Samuel chapter 14 and he said, today I want to win the battle. Someday in your life you're going to have to say, this is the day that I'm going to make a difference and I'm going to change my perspective and see what God has for me in my life. Why don't we just go ahead and make January 3, 2016 that day. Clap your hands and say that's good. Amen. So I'm going to, I'm going to teach you a little bit on what I call the Beatitudes. Pastor Jay, Pastor Rex's Beatitudes today. Jesus taught them in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, but he, I'm going to teach you my Beatitudes, my B series. The first one I want to talk about is a word, is a, is a phrase called be engaged. If there ever was a time that we as people need to get off the bench and get in the game, it's now. Christianity has been watching too much and not acting enough. We have reacted instead of being proactive and it's time for the church to stand up and say this church is going to be in the game of Christian living in 2016. How about that? I love the story and I've told it a couple of times in this church and recently I told it. Some of you probably were not here. But the story of the third string Georgia quarterback years ago, the first string quarterback was hurt in a real pivotal Southeastern Conference game and the second string quarterback went in and he couldn't move the ball, he couldn't move the football. And so all of a sudden the third string quarterback latches on his helmet, straps it on and runs in the game, taps the second string quarterback and said the coach sent me in, go to the bench. And so when the second string quarterback runs out of the game, the coach turns to his offensive coordinator and said, did you send him in the game? And the offensive coordinator said, no, I didn't send him in the game, sir. He said, well, find the idiot who did because we're going to fire him right now on this sideline. And they went around asking, ever coach, did you send that boy in the game? Did you send him in the game? Well, by the time they'd got to all the coaches, they'd already scored a touchdown. Georgia had already scored. They had moved the ball, and they went ahead and won the game that day. The boy never got pulled again. By the way... His name is Francis Tarkington, and he's in the, in the Hall of Fame of pro football. What I want to tell you is that he decided one day, I'm tired of being third-string quarterback. I'm going to get off the bench, and if I have to go in there and tap the second string of myself and say, get out of here, I'm taking your place. It's time for somebody to rise up and say, I'm going to be a part of what God is doing in the church in 2016. Got to be engaged. Got to be engaged. Jesus came down the road one day and found Simon and his brother Andrew, and he said, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And the Bible said at once they left their nets and followed him. Right now, they followed him. He went on down the road and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John. They was in a boat fishing with Zebedee, their father. And he said, follow me. And they left their father, and they left their nets. And the Bible said immediately they left and started following him. Here's what I want to tell you. There's some time in your life when you're going to have to have an at once 
or an immediate reaction in your life that says, I'm going to follow Captain Jesus in my life. The first word of the Great Commission is go ye therefore. Go, 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 go. It's time for the church to not have gone and run through life with a limp. It's time to stand up, be strong, and have a go in us. Amen? Let's go forward. That's my first beatitude. Everybody say, be engaged. Then I want to talk about be positive. That's the second one, be positive. When you have Jesus on your team, as the head coach, as the general manager, as the owner, the trifecta, when you have him on your team, you are a winner. There is no losing in him. You're only a winner. There is no way that a child of God who has God in their life should ever be whining, ever be negative, ever be in a perpetual state of saying nothing's good in life. You ought to get up every morning eating 16 penny nails for breakfast because you have a God that is on your side. It's time for us to leave the negative behind and start stepping into the realm of the positive because if you say negative things, you get negative results. If you say positive things, you're going to get positive results. It's time to be a positive person for yourself, for your family, and for God Almighty in your life. Paul said it this way. He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I love the story of the woman that had the issue of blood in the Bible. The Bible said, I don't know what that issue was. Evidently, evidently she could not stop bleeding. She must have been hemophiliac. She must have had some kind of perpetual bleeding. I don't know. But I do know this, that after 12 years, you've got to get this, folks. After 12 years, 12 years of having that disease in her body and going to every doctor and spending all her money on those physicians, she still had enough positive residue in her that when somebody said there's a new doctor in town and his name is Jesus and she said I've heard of him and she said within herself if I can touch the hem of his garment I will be made whole and she reached out and touched him as a nobody and Jesus said somebody touched me and Pete said anybody could have touched you he said no it was somebody because I felt virtue and when he found out who it was he called her daughter here's what I'm telling you in one day after 12 years of nothing but an issue of blood she was healed in one day because she said within herself I can still be a positive person in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ Amen. The third B is be enthusiastic. Just get enthusiastic about life. Somebody said, Pastor, I wish you wouldn't be that way. Well, I wished I would too. When I'm 85, maybe I'll slow down. But I am tired of people just dragging through life. Just dragging through life. You don't know the trouble I've seen, Pastor. Really? Really? Let's sit down and talk a while, okay? I'm telling you, everybody in this house has seen trouble. But the word enthusiastic comes from entheo, which means God in you. Theo means God, God in you. If you've got negative in you, you can't be enthusiastic. If you've got problems in you, you can't be enthusiastic. But if you've got God in you, you can get up enthusiastic. You can get up and say, I can do this. I can make this happen. You know, some people hate you to be bubbly. They hate that. They hate you to be bubbly. And some will think you're kind of a weird freak. 
But many of you will find, many people will find you contagious and want to be just like you. That's the kind of people you want to hang around with. I, I, I'm thinking some of you need to change your friends. Because some of you hang around people that suck you dry after you've been filled with joy on Sunday morning. You need to swap friendships and start running with people that lift your heart and lift your spirit because it's time for this church to get engaged, to get positive, and to get enthusiastic. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what I love? I, love I, 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 I think every one of you this summer or this spring needs to go to Six Flags Over Texas, okay? You need to go. You need to get on that roller coaster, that big old roller coaster. Pastor, my heart, my heart just won't let me get on that roller coaster. Oh, really? 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 Get on that roller coaster, and when you get to that top of that first ridge, raise your hands. Don't hold on. Don't be no chicken and hold on. Raise your hands. You're locked in. Raise your hands. Raise your hands and say it. Here we go. <laughs> and then just go. And if you have the guts to do that, you need to raise your hands this morning in church and say, I'm ready. Here we go. I'm going to be enthusiastic about life. I'm going to be positive about life. And I'm going to get off the bench and I'm going to be involved in what God has for me. Come on, clap your hands real big. Do you realize that this birthday I had last Monday, I turned the same age that Colonel Harlan Sanders was when he invented Kentucky Fried Chicken? I'd like to invent something called Bluebell, but uh, it's already been invented. But that's my gig. The, the president, you know, wrote me, Bluebell president wrote me and told me, he called me the cream of the crop, gave me the cream of the crop award because I talk about Bluebell a lot. And I'm fixing to get a hold of him. I'm going to invent something this year. I'm liable to be an advertiser guru. Because if they ever get me on TV advertising Bluebell, I can talk about Bluebell. And, and look out, when you see your pastor, don't, don't turn your head and say, oh God, he's into Bluebell. No. I'm into enthusiasm. I think we ought to turn this world upside down with our enthusiasm this year like never before. Come on, clap your hands, get excited. Let's go forward in the kingdom of God. The fourth B you got to be is you got to be a servant. Now we're changing colors here. We're changing tunes here, okay? You got to be a servant. This entitled spirit's got to go. It's got to go. We've got, to, we've got to serve one another. We've got to be kind to one We've got to honor one another. We've got to be what God wants us to be, and that's a servant mindship. We've got to have servant mindship. The Bible said, let the mind be in you, Philippians, that was in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself no reputation, and he took on the form of a servant. We've got too many people wanting to wear robes when we ought to be girding ourselves with towels of servantship. And I'm not saying everybody needs to wash feet, but we need to take care to understand that God Almighty is still God and not us. <laughs> There's a scripture that says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison, you came to visit me. And the king replied, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it as unto me. Amen. It also said, don't forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, people have entertained angels without even knowing it. Here's what I want to tell you. It's time for the church to start wearing the ministry of the towel 
and giving ourselves and serving people and loving people. The Bible said in, in, in Isaiah chapter 41, the Bible said in Isaiah that the carpenter encouraged the goldsmith. Now that meant somebody lesser than encouraged somebody greater than. See, it's easy for us to give to people less than us because we feel bigger than they do. But when somebody's above us, can you encourage somebody on the top side like you encourage somebody on the bottom side of life? I'm here to tell you something. Uh, believe it or not, Jesus got encouraged on the Mount of Transfiguration. He really, really did. Moses and Elijah came and they encouraged him about his death that was impending in his life. I'm telling you, everybody in this house needs encouragement. Everybody needs somebody to reach out and say, I'm going to be encouragement to you. I'm going to be a servant. I'm going to love people. I'm going to care for people. If we did that, there's no telling what would happen to our church. It would blow up in growth. We'd be doing seven, eight services a Sunday because God wants a church to still understand that we're not entitled. He's still Lord and we're still his kids. And we love him with all of our heart. Amen. Say amen to that. The fifth B that you need to be is be all you can be. You got to be all you can be. That's all God wants you to be. He doesn't want you to be somebody else. He wants you to be all that you can be. All that you can be. One lady come to me at service this morning, first church, uh, second service. She said, Pastor, my, my New Year's resolution is to be as much church as I can, even if I have to come by myself. And I appreciate that. I can't tell you what that is. She's trying to be all that she can be. If you can't sing, we don't, we don't need you in this choir. Because you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna mess, mess up your gifting. That ain't it. You know, if you can't organize, we probably don't need you in an organizational work. But there's something for everybody to do. You can be all that you can be. And I think one of the great things you can be is be a Christian. They were first called Christians at Antioch. Before they were called merchants, before they were called bankers, before they were called lawyers, before they were called uh, 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 entrepreneurs, they were called Christians. We need people in this church to be all they can be and be called Christians by the world that we live in. It's like the policeman that pulled up behind a lady and he put, turned his red light on and he stopped her and pulled her over and she said, Sir, she wrote a glass and said, what, what, what was I doing? Was I speeding? He said, No, ma'am, you wasn't. She said, Well, did I run that red light a while ago? He said, No, ma'am, you didn't. She said, well, did I run that stop sign a while ago? He said, no, ma'am, you didn't. She said, well, what in the world did I do? He said, a few, day, a few, year, a, a few uh, blocks back, he said, I heard, I heard you scream at a pedestrian. I heard you scream at one. And then flip off another car and then shake a fist at another driver, throw your hands in the air over frustration another time. And he said, that's okay to do that. But then I saw their bumper stickers. And I saw a Christian fish. I saw a follow me to church sticker. I saw Jesus as my co-pilot, and I just had to stop you to see if the car was stolen. That's funny. We don't need to go around stealing something. We need to be what God wants us to be, and that is a Christian. Come on, clap your hands and say, I'm going to be a Christian. You ever heard the expression, faint heart, never won fair game? It takes a faith heart. It takes a strong heart to win a fair game. You can't do it with a faint heart. We've got a lot of stuff going on in the world. We need people to be all they can be for Jesus in this hour. Come on, let's make it happen. My B, number six, be a difference maker. 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 
it kind of it kind of comes in con connection with be all you can be. You got to make a difference in some people's world. My daddy taught me something a long time ago, and I want to share it with you. He said, "Son, if you think a guy is just perfect, and you you you're going to pastor people, you will think that guy's perfect, and that guy's your buddy, and he can't do any wrong, and you're going to think that." He said, "But son, there's other people." He said, "If, if that guy's got 95 percent good, he's got five percent bad in him." But he said, "Son, a person that's got five percent bad." has got 95% good in them. Wow. And he said, son, what you've got to do is you've got to love everybody. You've got to care for everybody. You've got to be a difference in everybody's life, not just those people that you really like, but the people that bother you. You've got to be a difference maker in their life. You see, what the world saw as disgruntled, disengaged, disinterested, disillusioned, discontented, in debt men, 400 of them. David said, come to my church in the cave here called Adullam, 1 Samuel chapter 22, and he saw 37 mighty men coming out of there. He saw greatness coming out of them. What the world saw as a ragtag group of men, smelly fishermen, thieves, cheats, ignorant sinners, Jesus saw as his 12 disciples. So what I want to tell you is this. That if you are going to be all you can be and be a difference maker, we've got to understand that everybody that walks in here is not going to have everything together. They're not going to have ever not tied. They're not going to dot every I and cross every T. There's going to be people that's going to come in crawling, going to come in lagging. And we need to be the people that can make a difference in those kind of people's lives because this church is still a difference making church in this world. Clap your hands to that. We've got to be a difference maker. Coach Bum Phillips was my hero. I helped bury him. He told me after two years when he left the coaching profession, nobody called except Mike Barber and Robert Brazil. And maybe one other talked to him a couple of times. He said, nobody cared for me. But some saw a coach that had nothing to offer because he was out of the game. But I saw him as a hero that needed a friend. And that's why I buried him. We all need to give to people that don't give us the limelight of life. I'm going to go on. The seventh and my next to the last is be generous. You've got to be generous, folks. Imagine the possibilities of your generosity with gifts and with praise and with time. I think it'd be all right if we gave the Lord a generous hand clap right now all over this house. Just a hand clap. Just a hand clap. Come on. Anybody want to be more generous? Come on. Anybody want to be more generous? Come on. Just a hand clap. Just a generous praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Some of the most successful people I know are also the most generous people I know. We need to be generous with our gifts, our praise, and our time. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, in his Beatitudes, give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. That's a hard scripture to get. Matthew 10 says, freely you have received, freely give. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. Everything we have is on loan. 
the children you have, the house you live in, the car you drive, your health, everything is on loan. I think it's important we understand that, that we don't need to have to be hoarders of God. We need to be sharers of what God has blessed us with. I want to go on record and thank everybody, everybody that supported this church last year and gave of your time and your talent and your, and your offerings. I want to thank you for that. Because this church is a free will church. This church is a church that does not require you to give one red cent. It's all because you have a condition in your heart with God. And I want to thank you. We were able to grow. We were able to help missions. We're going to be able to help Mitch and Brandy in their new endeavor over $5,000 a month. We're going to be able to do that because you're a giving church. We're going to help foreign missions. We're going, to help build, we're, going to build, we're going to build new things in foreign countries. I'm going to Honduras in January. I'm going to scout it out and see what we can do to build something over there for, the, for Christian Life Church. Because you people have put us in a position. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for it. Because you understand something that a lot of people don't understand. You can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. Give and it shall be given. But when he gives it back, he's going to press it down. He's going to shake it together. He's going to run it over into your bosom. He will bless you. Come on, be generous with your time. Be generous with your talent. Be generous with your giving. Be generous with everything you do. Be a person of generosity in your life. Amen. I got a gift this morning from a department store up in the domain. My wife sent me to buy my own Christmas gifts so she could wrap them so I could open them. <laughs> Pretty good deal. So I went and found me a couple of shirts, this place I enjoy shopping. And while I was there, I just felt led. I love to give. One of the things I do every day is say, God, let me give to somebody today. And I give something away every day. Two people got to enjoy the Spurs game last night because I had some tickets and I gave it to them and they saw the Spurs beat those horrible Houston Rockets last night. Thank you. Just so, I, just so you know where my loyalties are, okay? But I love to give. And so I was about to leave the store the other day when I, when I decided, you know, these people work hard. It's Christmas season. So I, I pulled some money out of, my, out of my wallet and I said, how many, how many works here? They said 10. I said, about $5 a piece. That would buy you all a cup of coffee at Starbucks. I said, I want to buy you all a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Well, you think, I'd, you think I'd give them the moon? One lady started crying. She couldn't even wait on me. Started crying. They all wanted to line up to hug me. That ain't, that ain't what it's about. It's about generosity. It's about just giving. And the person I handed the, the money to was the regional manager. And I thought he was just somebody kind of looking for work or maybe he's just the boss of that store. But he, he come all the way from Florida. He's the general manager, the general regional manager. And he said, who is this guy? That's Pastor Rex over at Christian Life Church. Wow, he must love y'all. Y'all must be doing a great job. So he went and bought the coffee. He went and bought the coffee. When he came back, he said, all y'all are getting raises and you're all promoted. Because somebody took time, you hear me? To just bless somebody. Your kids may come home. Your kids may come home with a little money in their pocket because if they have a birthday and they come tell me, I'm going to give them some of that and I'm going to give them some jelly bellies. Because I want your kids to know that somebody loves them and is going to be generous with them. 
and we're going to take care of your family. We're going to take care of your people, you people, because we are generous with God and what God has given to us. Clap your hands and say, God, let me be a generous person. And the last point I want to make is simply be thankful. Wow. Be thankful. It's God that makes all things possible. So for every possibility that God presents to us, let us ever be thankful for it. One of the toughest scriptures to live by in the Bible is 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17. In everything, give thanks. In everything. Can you do that? Can you give thanks in everything? Can you praise him in everything? I want to I share something with you, folks. I want to share something with you. I went to the hospital on, uh, on, Chris, on, on New Year's Day. And Lupe and Anna Leal had, had given birth. She had given birth to a, a little baby boy named Matthew Isaiah. Wow. I preached from Matthew today. I read some Matthew gospel today. Matthew Isaiah was the first baby I, I, I hugged first of the year. And then yesterday, on Saturday, born 312, the first of the year, the first day of the year. Are you listening to me? Was a baby, a little baby girl named Zuleika. Her name means beautiful in, in Spanish, in, in, in Hispanic language, beautiful. And she was born to Jose and Alejandra Martinez. Now, you got to get this. This is the same baby, the same mother, that back in May, back in May, the doctor said and the specialist said the heart has died, the baby is dead, we got to take the baby out of you, we got to clean you out. And they came to church on that Sunday because they had made an appointment on Tuesday to go to the doctor, go to the specialist, and get that baby cleaned out. But they, prayer was made by the church. They went back to the doctor who sent them to the specialist, and the baby's heart was alive again. Stay with me, stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. Can you imagine that it was the second baby born in that hospital on New Year's Day? But it, that's not the point. The point is God wanted me to tell you that if you will continue to be thankful that we're just starting to see what he's going to do for this congregation through this whole year. That baby was dead in that mother's womb up yonder and now it's alive and it's a perfect baby girl. It's an awesome child because thankfulness thankfulness is still in order bring my baby boy up here bring him up here where is it where's, where's little Windsor where's little Finley where's he at there he is come here baby boy hurry 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 mama don't run but hurry be quick but don't hurry I'm like John Wooden be quick but don't hurry come here baby how you doing buddy this is my, this is, God have mercy. I used to call him my linebacker. Now I'm calling him my nose tackle. This is my, how you doing, buddy? He knows where he's at. This is my Finley. He turned a year old on November the 20th. Problem was he never, he couldn't eat. <laughs> God must have fed him intravenously from heaven or something. I don't know. But he couldn't eat. You all right, buddy? You like these people? Wave at them. And every time we tried to feed him something, he would gag, throw it up. He would literally vomit. He could not, he had a gag reflex. He couldn't, he could not eat. But the Lord spoke to me one day. 
and said, I've, I've given the church miracles. I'm going to give you one. Amen. Amen. And I, I, I told the kids, I did, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a prophesier, but I told the kids, by Thanksgiving, he's going to be eating like a little horse. <laughs> On the 22nd, which was a Sunday of November, we went home, and one of the daughters suggested that we give him some yogurt. I suggested bluebell. I lost. <laughs> he ate that yogurt down to the bottom. He ate every bit of it. By Thursday of that week, he was eating turkey and dressing and sweet potatoes and all the trimmings. And the other day, the other day, <laughs> the other day, I can't help but cry. The other day, we took him home after a Christmas Eve service and we had some tamales given to us. He ate three of them. He ate three of them. You know why? Because God's still a healer. God's still a healer. God's still a healer. God's still a healer. He's still a healer. So you think I'm going to be unthankful? You think I'm going to say, God, you hadn't done anything? God's been better to me than I've been to myself. Somebody needs to be thankful in this hour. We need to start this brand new year with a thankful heart. With a thankful heart, a gratitude heart. A heart of thankfulness. Everyone stand to your feet. I'm finished preaching. I'm done. Stand to your feet. His name was Forrest Gump. One of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, your pastor likes movies. You know Forrest. He had more than one challenge in life. That's all I'm going to say about that. He was born with crippled legs. He was born with a marginal amount of intelligence. His mother was raising him as a single mom. Other kids made fun of him. He was even shot in the buttocks while in Vietnam. <laughs> Yet while all, with all these hurdles and challenges, he always seemed to find wonderful possibilities and make the most of them. Crippled, not a lot of sense, single mom, shot, made fun of. Every day was an opportunity, not a disaster. Maybe that's why when I'm channel surfing sometime and I see Forrest in the middle of his show, I stop and watch the rest of it. Because it brings me in. People that overcome great difficulties bring me in. And some of you have great difficulties in your life, first of the year. But you bring me in. And I promise you, I'm going to preach better than I've ever preached in my life this year. I'm going to be the best I can be for you. I'm going to offer you the best I can give you because I want you to be the best that you can be. It's time for the church to have fresh start initiatives. Amen? And let's go forward in the kingdom of God. An old Indian proverb said, today is the first day of the rest of your life. So raise both your hands to the air right now and say, Pastor, I want to be engaged. I want to be positive. I want to be enthusiastic. I want to be a servant. I want to be all that I can be. I want to be a difference maker. I want to be a generous person. And I want to be thankful. And that's all I have to say about that. I love you. Can I tell you something before I send you home? I want to tell you one thing. If you didn't get anything about preaching, I feel better now than I felt when I was 40 years old. 
I don't have an ache in my body. I don't have a pain. My head's still good. It don't grow hair, but it's got some thought process in it. I'm excited about 2016. Why don't we just step on the gas and go forward? Raise your hands and say, here we go. Let me leave your hands up now. Dear Father, I bless this congregation. And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.